Hello. Hello. And welcome to another episode of Tacos and Tequila. I'm Peyton. I'm Sydney. And we got a real messed up case for y'all today. <laughs> They're all messed up. Yeah, we're ending November on like a real high note here, I guess. <laughs> That's one way to put it, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> it's um it's a doozy for sure. <laughs> And I know it's been heavily suggested <laughs> multiple times that we cover this case. Yes. So, um, I don't think I have anything else to add at the beginning. I guess I'll just let you dive right into it, Sid. Cool. Works for me. Sweet. Daniel LaPlante was born in Townsend, Massachusetts in 1970. Although there's not specific details known on his childhood, it said it was quite a traumatic one. Allegedly, he had suffered sexual and psychological abuse, with his father being the main culprit behind it all. This complicated upbringing that Danny had endured affected him, and it said... While in high school, he was referred to as creepy or weird. He was reported to a psychiatrist because of his behaviors, appearance, and his hygiene. He was diagnosed with ADHD, which hadn't meshed with the already deteriorating mental state that Daniel was in. It was reported that allegedly the psychiatrist had sexually abused Danny in their sessions later on, which kind of just added to all this traumatic experience that and he'd been going through. So basically, he went through hell in the beginning of his life is what it sounds like. Yes. And this kid was probably doomed to be fucked up. Absolutely. I mean, to go through all of that and be barely into high school. Yeah. Your life is not going to be too great thereafter. Yeah. Danny began burglarizing properties at a young age, not only stealing people's valuables, but also playing mind games with these individuals by moving their items to make it very clear that someone had entered the property. So it's one thing if you notice that something's missing, you know, maybe your jewelry or something like that but it's another thing if you notice like your couch or like a lamp is like in a completely different spot in your living room which is kind of what he would do he would just move items across um to make it very obvious that someone had been in their home which would like fuck me up yes that's so uncomfortable and i think that's the biggest part of why he was doing it he wanted it to be obvious like he wanted to make these people feel uncomfortable oh definitely In 1986, Danny had located a phone number to a local home. It was a home of three, a father and his two daughters, Annie and Jessica. Uh, Annie and Jessica Andrews. They were both close in age to Danny, and they had spoken regularly to him on the phone. When he had told them basically that he received this phone number by another friend who went to the same school as them. Danny had lied, telling Annie that he was athletic, good-looking, and basically all the right things to get her to go on a date with him. 
Annie was shocked when Danny was the one to show up at her doorstep for this blind date that they had set up, but still agreed to continue on the date. Um, Danny was not athletic. He was not blonde, good looking, any of these things. He was referred to as being the creepy, weird kid. So she basically basically just got catfished, and the person that showed up is not at all what she was expecting. And, like, her being probably super nice and uncomfortable was like, okay, I guess I'll still go on this date. I honestly, I feel like that was weird that she even still did that. I feel like I would have been like, uh, no. Like, what? I feel like normal people <laughs> would say no. Yeah. I'm, I'm someone that I would just feel like, oh, hi. And I, like, wouldn't know how to react. And I still, like, wouldn't want to hurt someone's feelings or, like, be confrontational. So I'd probably, in the back of my mind, being like, okay, I'll go on the state, but, like, I will never talk to this person again. <laughs> um, I don't know. Which is basically what, <laughs> that's basically, I guess, what her mindset was. But I feel like I would be like, if you're expecting one person to show up to your front door and if someone else shows up, it'd be kind of like a slam the door in your face and or not open the door. Like, don't people, yeah. like, check the people first? <laughs> uh, well, they're supposed to. <laughs> Apparently, we just open the door for everyone in the neighborhood now. Apparently. <laughs> so, on the date, Danny had discovered that Annie and Jessica's mother had recently died of cancer. He had taken a great interest in this and was almost obsessive in his questions. So obviously, after a date like that, I don't think anyone would probably willingly go out of their way to see this person again. After they have basically lied about their appearance and who they are. And then they're also asking all these questions about, like, your mom's death and, like, how does that make you feel? Like, just bizarre questions. Annie and her sister Jessica had naively attempted to contact their mother in the afterlife like any teenager might do. Um, that same night after they had played with this Ouija board, had their seance, there was knocking on their bedroom walls and they were able to ask questions and get responses through the knocks on the walls. So they'd be like... Is it you, mom? Yes or no? Say yes, yes, two knocks, no, one knock, and then they would get responses back through the knocks. The knocking not only continued for days, but they'd come home and furniture would be moved as well, making the girls believe that they might have summoned some sort of demon rather than their mother. Uh, one night in particular, the girls were home alone and heard the knocking noises coming from the basement. Written on the wall of the basement in blood... They found, I'm in your room, come and find me. Instead of going to the room, they just fled the house, terrified of their findings. And their father, on the other hand, was basically thinking that these girls were responsible and just kind of setting themselves up, doing all of this um, because they were missing their mom and like wanted attention, like a scenario like that. Um and that they were the ones that were responsible for everything that was taking place. So he had them both undergo counseling. We, I, I was going to say, I think the most messed up part about all of this is, like, the Dodgers genuinely did not believe them. Like, multiple times did not believe them. Yeah, and I guess I, I kind of agree I get with that, it. but at the same time, I think I'm on his side with it. 
Like, I get both sides, but I, like, later on, you know he probably felt so bad. Like, what the fuck? (laughs) Yeah. But, I mean. Okay, okay, sorry. I don't know. I don't know. I guess, like, I, I can see it for his perspective, though, because they did just go through, like, a very traumatic experience, and then all of a sudden they're saying, like, oh, we had a seance, now we're hearing all these noises. Like, if you don't believe in that stuff, you're going to be like, okay, you guys need to chill out. Like, yeah. you're just trying to draw more attention to yourselves. Yeah, that makes sense, too. But, I don't know. So, weeks later, it happened again. There was knocking coming from Annie's bedroom. When they had entered, they found that written in blood... I'm back. Find me if you can. And again, the girls fled to their neighbors. And their father is just frustrated and pissed off at this point that this is happening again. And he enters the home alone to figure out what's actually going on. And saw another message that was written on the wall in Andy's bedroom that said, marry me. And on the other side of the room was a boy dressed in a dress, dressed in a dress with a blonde wig and holding a hatchet. The boy was none other than Danny Plant. What the fuck? <laughs> Danny had nearly vanished. And the local police searched the scene for clues. And obviously Danny. Because there was kind of like a brawl. Or like he tried. To, the father tried to get to Danny. Like tackle him down. And all of a sudden Danny was just like gone. Like vanished into thin air. So they were able to locate a crawl space that was built into the wall of Annie's bedroom as like a cupboard almost and to their horror when they opened it Danny was curled up inside after he had been arrested they had continued to search the home and they found that Danny had been living in the walls of their home and there was even a bunch of peepholes that you could like see the other side so he would be in the wall and could see through to the living room or see through to Annie's bedroom and be able to see these people wherever they were in their home, which is fucking terrifying. (sighs) Yes. That like messes me up because (laughs) we have like an attic, like the pull down from the ceiling with the steps. And sometimes at night, especially like when Jacob was working and traveling, I'd be freaked out sometimes if I heard something. And I'm like, if someone was in my house, like, would I, like, they could be upstairs. Like, is that real? And then I always, like, tell myself that, like, I'm imagining, like, that's not real. People don't do that. People do that! (laughs) Well, Daniel LaPlante does that. People definitely do that, though. They made a whole ass movie on the, the boy movie or whatever, and he was, like, in the walls, like, that's a real ass thing. Yeah, that's messed up. And that's like a real fear that people have. <laughs> hmm Oh, yeah. Especially like in some like, I guess like an old ass house like that. Like when they have like all the creepy crawl spaces. Like the house that we stayed at um, when we went to Michigan in March. Yeah. Like it had those weird crawl spaces. Like you could kind of tell that they were crawl spaces, but like. You know, when people redo houses, they might try to cover them up with, like, a cupboard or, like, something or make it so it's not as obvious because people do, like, fear those. But that's also something, like, if someone's crawling around, they can discover that there's just all these crawl spaces and, like, weird nooks and crannies in your house that you could crawl through. That's fucking insane. It's messed up. 
Very messed up. So after this incident, Danny was placed in a juvenile facility, but not for very long. He was really in there for like a year, if that. And after his release, he continued in his old ways of committing these burglaries. On December 1st, 1987, Danny broke into the Gestapsen house. Jesus, I hate these names. Where Priscilla and her two children, Abigail and William, had been home. Hours later, Priscilla had been found when her husband, Andrew, had returned from work. She had been shot several times and raped. And the two children were found drowned in separate bathtubs, one upstairs and one downstairs. Danny had been quickly linked to the murders and a manhunt had ensued on with Danny on the run. He had broke into a woman's home and kidnapped her in her vehicle. And this woman was able to escape. And he was later found hiding in a dumpster within 48 hours of the murders taking place. He was sentenced to three life sentences for the murders. Since being incarcerated, he has tried to sue the courts several times for violations of his rights. In one case, saying that his religious rights were violated as he was practicing Satanism. And he required specific items to practice, which basically the jail had denied. So, to this day, he basically thinks that he's innocent and that... All of his rights are being violated. He keeps suing the system for X, Y, and Z every other year. Um, his appeals keep getting denied because it's clearly pretty messed up if you're living in someone's walls. And then a year after that whole situation had ensued, you were now going back to your old ways and then end up murdering three people for no apparent reason at all. Okay, and it's, like, extra messed up because there's, like, yeah, literally no reason. And not no. only did he, like, so he, you guys, trigger warning, he raped and killed Priscilla, who was pregnant. But then he drowned both her children individually. Like, I saw one was found in an upstairs bathroom, one in the downstairs. hmm And they were young. They were five and seven. So, like... There's literally no reason for it, and it was super, like, brutal and messed up. And then I did also see, like, in 2017, so he appealed his conviction. He was sentenced to life in prison without the chance of parole. And then he appealed in 2017 because there was that ruling that basically – Anyone charged as a teenager should have the opportunity for parole. And it was like a Supreme Court ruling and a bunch of cases went back and like were updated. So he technically won that appeal. Um, But then typically (laughs) with. But then like I read like the judge basically said like, okay, yeah, I understand what you're saying, but you're getting the maximum of 45 years with the possibility of parole. But they're basically saying, like, you wouldn't be eligible for parole for a long time. Like, we're going to make sure you still are in prison for the rest of your life. And then, like, in 2019, he tried to appeal the parole board. 
and they denied him. They were like, no, you're not getting out, dude. Well, that's what a lot of those people do that sit in jail, though. Like, they just have so much fucking time to just appeal everything and read up on all these laws and all these Supreme Court hearings, like, the different rulings that happen. Because I was going to say, like, typically those Supreme Court hearings, like, when they change the laws or whatever, you can't go back and, like, reverse it because it's all of the cases that are going forward. So, like, they'll listen to your story, but, like, usually it takes a lot out of them for it to actually, like, entertain it and be like, that's going forward for all the cases, not you, Joe. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it was, um, I don't know, doing this research, it was, like, really, it was gross because I feel like it's one of those cases that, like, every couple years he's, like, bringing it back up every year, every two years, bringing it back up in a trial. And it's like, he's just assaulting this family over and over and over again. Because yep. her family, like Priscilla and her children, their family's still very involved in this. I even saw Priscilla's husband who found her, uh, Andy, I think is what he goes. Yeah, Andy. He did end up remarrying. And it was like a few years after she died, he remarried someone that like, Priscilla knew they was someone from his church. Like they were both married at different points and her husband died right before Priscilla from, he got super sick, I guess. And so this woman is like very supportive of like Mm -hmm. honoring Priscilla and the kids and like everything in the courts and the trials. And like, she basically said like, it's just like super messed up because every time It's like her and Andy are reliving all of that trauma. And so is Priscilla's siblings. When he had, like, recently died in, like, 2018 or 2017, I believe. And they were saying, like, that up until he died, like, it was the same thing. Just fighting that and hearing about it. And it was a very frustrating situation for them. I know everyone kind of... Before you die, you want to get justice for your family. And the fact that, like, he was kind of able to, but it just, like, you're reliving it every other year gets very difficult. I could only imagine. Yeah. And, like, one of her Priscilla's siblings is, like, a reverend. And he said, like, something very similar to, like, I mean, like, he wants to be paroled. It was, like, some quote, and I really wish I wrote it out, but it was basically, like, he wants to be paroled and to be able to live his life. We aren't going to support that unless he gives us a chance for Priscilla, Abigail, and William to live their lives, which is obvious. He can't. So, like, mm-hmm. they'll never support him getting out from for because of what he did. And, like, I don't know. I think, um, I think this is a really good case to, like, nature versus nurture kind of thing and I think that's like a big reason at least like personally I know like I tend to be so obsessed with true crime right like what makes these people different than me sure (laughs) and like obviously like some people have like horrific childhoods but like I know people that also had very horrific childhoods and they don't go on to do that kind of stuff so it's true It's really interesting to, like, another podcast I listen to, here's how I'm going to put it. You can feel bad for the victim, Daniel, and you can also be, like, really disgusted with what he did and, like, 
don't want him to see justice because of that. You don't have to feel like one way or the other. So I think that's like a another way to look at it too is like, yeah, I feel bad that he went through all of that, but that's not the path you had to go on. And that's true. Like you could you can change your ways and like try to make yourself better. I think there's a lot of people, you know, that get incarcerated that make poor decisions or whatever and can take that opportunity to like better themselves and like he had been in a juvenile facility so like he could have taken that opportunity like hey I got some problems like I have to figure out a solution for myself you know maybe I could go do some schooling or like do something else you know to get your mind off of that and as soon as he got out of the juvenile facility he basically went back to what he was doing before like he had that opportunity to kind of have a second chance literally which I don't feel like it's uncommon but I know your mom has been requesting the story and it was it was just like so messed up to read she said that this like gave her nightmares <laughs> she's like it's the craziest thing I ever heard and it's like one of those things that like there's only like one I can't think of what um it's on, like, ID Network or whatever, but there's only, like, one episode that, like, we've ever seen of it. Because I feel like there's a lot of the cases, like, that they just cover over and over again. Like, you'll see a thousand episodes on, like, the Zodiac Killer. Stuff, yeah. Yeah, or, like, there's a million cases on Jeffrey Dahmer out there. Like, but very rarely do you come across one that you only see, like, once and, like, that there's no repeat episodes of it. And, like, this was that case. I don't feel like it's very... I wrote it down in my fun facts. It was on ID Channel's Your Worst Nightmare. Season 2, episode 1, titled Bump in the Night. <laughs> yes. Yes. And I I was going to say, I was shocked that it was only featured in one place. <laughs> yes, and that's what I'm saying. Like, I, I feel like there's so many, there's so many episodes out there that are just repeats of, like, the same, not necessarily repeats, like, they'll tell you, like, different, different things. Different versions, just, yeah. The same cases over and over again. And well, like, so you many can out find there. stuff on the Scott and Lacey Peterson case everywhere. Oh, yeah. But, That's like, you one. know, hear this one. Yep. I don't There's know. It's just, it's crazy. I think it's, this is a wild story. Yes. I'm just really, the whole people in the walls thing really fucks me up. <laughs> Same. And, like, how do you get, how, like, how do you figure out, like, I can get through the walls? I think that's the part that really, like, messes with me. Like, how do you figure out, oh, I can climb through these people's walls? Like, is he making paths? Were they already existent? Like, does he have a blueprint to this house? Like, I feel like he forced his way in some of those walls, but some of them sounded like they were there. Like, the crawl space was definitely there. And that's that could be it, too. Like, if you're just pushing yourself through and like expanding these different think yeah, that would make a like lot maybe more if noise it's just like thin they're like thicker walls with like a lot of insulation maybe and he was like able to climb through the insulation i don't know it's fucking insane i feel like that'd make a lot of noise too like so like during the day when no one was home is he just like ripping out insulation and like that's what it's gotta be expanding <laughs> you know what i'm like there's no way that in the middle of the night or, you know, when the girls, like, are doing the seances and stuff that th- only the knocking noises could be made. Like, he'd have to be ripping through the thing, like, unless he did it during the day. Yeah, he had to have had paths already, like, within the house somewhat. 
So when that was started happening, he could easily get from, like, one side of the wall to another. To another. Yeah, it's, it's like, really creepy and messed up. And it is kind of, like, upsetting that after that happened, he only had, like, a year and, like you said, got out and started doing the same thing. So, but actually worse this time. So, um, yeah, it's messed up. I'm sure we'll have some pictures on social media. The pictures of him in court now, he just... I'm going to say, like, from the recent articles, he looks like a fucking asshole. I feel like in all of his pictures, like, even when he was a kid, I feel like he looked, like... Creepy. Creepy, but also, like... I don't know what the word I want to say is. Like, basically, like, that it was almost wrongful that he was in the position he was in. Like, that... I don't know. He just looks like a dick. Like... Yeah. And the pictures of him now, like, every time he's in court, it's just, like, he he has this look about him where, yeah, he doesn't feel like he should be there. Mm-hmm. And it just, it makes me kind of sad when people, like, he just doesn't own it. Yeah, you'd think after a certain point of you being in jail for your crimes that you'd just be like, yeah, I did do it, like... Sorry about it. But, like, the fact that you're still just, like, in denial. Like, I don't belong here for my actions. Like, I was trying to burglarize them and they got in my way. Or I don't I don't actually know like, what the explanation yeah, is. Yeah, he's but, never like, given one. Yeah. And I think that's the biggest thing with both of his, you know, crimes. Like, there hasn't been a real reason as to why, I guess. <laughs> yeah. That's very true. Like, what would make you find a random number and then live in their house? Yeah. Um, well, this will come out the 30th. So, we're ending November, like I said, on a high note. I have some interesting stuff planned for December to give us some holiday themes. (laughs) I haven't thought that far in advance. Sorry, people. (laughs) It's okay. I just happened to try to plan ahead for some reason. Um, It doesn't happen very often. (laughs) And um, we also, well, at least I want to. I shouldn't say we. Uh, We're recording today is Sunday, which is the first day of Hanukkah. (laughs) Jesus. I, you know, I have to. So, you know, we're going to say happy holidays later on, but, like, happy Hanukkah for those that celebrate. <laughs> Hope everyone had a great Thanksgiving. <laughs> a fabulous Thanksgiving. Yeah, uh, sounds like Sydney's over me. <laughs> I told her before we recorded, I'm just going to listen to Adam Sandler's Hanukkah song on repeat today, so... We're going to have some latkes, latkes, I don't know, fucking potato pancakes. <laughs> potato pancakes are fire, though. They're so good. And With some they, applesauce. And I'm told um, that they really only eat, like, Jacob Sandling really only eats them on Hanukkah, like, the first night of Hanukkah. They don't eat it throughout the year, and I will eat them all the time. <laughs> so I'm like, uh, this is depressing. 
they're they're so, so much better good. homemade. Mm-hmm. So. so much better. Yeah, I think that's all I've got to add, though. It's a short episode. I needed yeah. that in my life, though. Also, um, soon we will... I know we had crime and cryptids featured with us last week. We actually are going to be featured on their podcast here soon. We'll keep everyone updated once it's live and that episode's up for them. But check it out. Give them a listen, too. And yes. you can hear us there soon. <laughs> Very soon. We got a... a strange little case to cover yeah it's very interesting it's um a good one to talk about like what the fuck is going on kind of thing yes that, that's I think that's a great way to put it like literally what the fuck is going on <laughs> uh yeah so that'll be fun so keep your eye out on their page as well and I guess you can find us on Facebook at tacos and tequila podcast what about a joke and a fact Oh, my God, I totally forgot right now. We don't do that anymore? I haven't had coffee. (laughs) Whoops. Okay, okay. Which one do you want first? Let's go fact. (laughs) Sorry. Chasers for tequila are not unheard of in Mexico. In Jalisco, your tequila may come with sangrita or a little blood. Which is tomato juice, orange juice, and chili powder. Which sounds kind of fucking gross, but. Yeah, so, like, tomato juice gives me, like, Bloody Mary vibes, which I'm not a fan of. But the orange juice and chili powder might be really good. I feel like all of that together, though, sounds like. Yeah. Bloody Mary vibes. Yeah. Because, like, I, like, I've had frozen, like, mango margaritas with chili powder on it. And it is so good. I don't know how I feel about that. It's like a little like sweet and spicy. I don't know if I like the spice though. Like I don't like like the jalapeno margaritas or like. That's fair. Like the the chili would be too spice. Yeah, that's fair. I can see that. Yeah, I um, I don't know if I like that mixer or that chaser, but to each their own. Exactly. <laughs> I'll just avoid this kill altogether, but <laughs> <laughs> and are you ready for a joke? I am ready for a joke. What did the chef ask the unruly nacho? What? Are you going to Taco operate to taco operate. That's what it's supposed <laughs> to be. Taco operate. Are you going to taco operate? <laughs> okay, that's what, a good I, one. I knew that was gonna be one that I was gonna have a hard time pronouncing. I was like, to taco operate, operate, operate. That's a good one though. I wouldn't have guessed that one. So that's no. good. <laughs> I don't think anyone will guess that. No. <laughs> Um, and I have a joke for you. It's a famous joke. Yeah. So it's about turkeys. (laughs) All right, let's hear it. What did the turkey say while on the internet? Wobble till you gobble. Google gobble. (laughs) Damn (laughs) it.
I have so many turkey dad jokes, and Jacob was like, what is wrong with you? <laughs> I love that. That's a good one. It was good. I was like, oh, this is funny. Work sent out a bunch of jokes in an email, and I thought it was so funny. <laughs> we should start doing that at my job. It'd be a lot of fun. A lot more fun. Maybe next week I'll have a Hanukkah joke, even though Hanukkah's over. <laughs> Gotta Maybe prepare. <laughs> Gotta prepare. This episode's coming out the week after Thanksgiving, so it's like a little late for a Thanksgiving joke, but <laughs> it's fine. It's, it's fine. always it's fine. <laughs> always turkey time. Yeah, I like turkey. Mm, I don't really love turkey. But <laughs> we don't need to get okay. into that. On. <laughs> <laughs> well, am I forgetting anything else now before we go into where you can find us? I haven't had coffee, so I feel like a mess today, folks. No, no, nah, you can go find us on Facebook. Yeah, find <laughs> us on Facebook, Tacos and Tequila Podcast. On Instagram at Tacos and Tequila. You can find our website, tacosandtequilapodcast.com. It also has our link for our merch. If you want to check that out, you know, t-shirts and hoodies could also make cool holiday gifts. That is true. That is true. You could message us on Instagram or we have Gmail. That's Tacos and Tequila. And just let us know if you have a case we should cover or if you want to join us. That could be fun. It could be very fun. Also, rate and review us on Apple Podcasts if you're on there. Uh, We did get some more five stars. So, Mm -hmm. greatly appreciated. Like Sydney said before, you don't have to comment a review, but five stars and reviews do help us get noticed. So, it is greatly appreciated. Yes. It'd be really cool. And it takes, like, 20 seconds, if that. The longest part is scrolling to the bottom. (laughs) Yes. And then, also... um. I guess we just hit a big milestone. We officially hit over 5,000 downloads, listens, and that's super exciting. We're actually over 51 now, but <laughs> 5,100. But I know we shared that on social media, and that was a super big deal for us. So thank you for everyone who's, like, given us a listen, shared with friends, anything like that. This is just something fun we kind of do. So it's really cool that people listen to us it's super cool who would have thought yeah also weird when we see that our like we're getting plays in all these countries that we didn't even like we've never even heard of yeah what do we get we get yesterday we got serbia we got serbia and bulgaria, bulgaria this week so that's so cool to us i don't even know where serbia and bulgaria are on a map I know where Serbia is. It's by Russia. I don't got a damn clue. Still pretty cool, though. (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah, thank you for everyone who's made that happen. And I guess we will talk to you guys next week. Hey, also, before I go, I just looked it up. I was very wrong. Serbia is not by Russia. And <laughs> Serbia and Bulgaria are right by each other. They're by between like Greece and Romania. Damn. Yeah. yeah so maybe yeah. we'll get 
Transylvania listens. Ooh, or like my hometown of like my hometown. I'm not from Ukraine, but like my ancestors oh. are. <laughs> so that would be cool. <laughs> that would be really cool. Okay, now I guess we'll see you guys next or talk to you guys next week. Bye. Bye.